It is party time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brather Show. It's Thursday. We're going to get off the rails. We're going to try to. We'll see. Uh, the Puppet Master Mark, Super Chris Cruz. Let's love Brandon. Can you put Brandon kind of in the shot right there? We didn't talk about this. Look at that haircut. Looking smooth. Brandon, smooth. Looking awesome. And you broke the microphone? <laughs> You're tearing things apart. I'm telling you, we will not be able to have a show today because Chris just broke the microphone. And Mark is going to just lose his mind being the perfectionist over there. Wow. Hope you can fix that. That's coming right out of your deal. Coming right out of your deal. I want to, you know, listen, guys. This whole thing, I did a video, and, and I, was, I didn't get to talk about it yesterday because we had Chandler Crump and we had uh, Kyle Rittenhouse on the show, uh, and I want to give them the time. I did a video on Facebook on Tuesday, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, and I just kind of, I had enough. You know, everybody's saying that conservatives don't care about kids. That's always the thing. Like, whether it's the, it doesn't matter if it's the gun issue or it's the abortion issue. They say, well, you don't care about kids. You're not willing to do something to protect kids if they're going to get hurt, you know, get shot in schools. And, and you don't take care of kids after that. You only care about unborn kids and you don't care about kids after they've been born. In my point of the videos, I said, conservatives are the ones who are having all the kids. We, we're the ones having all the kids. The progressive left, they're not having any kids. They're not having any kids. They don't want to bring kids into this world because the, the, the world's going to end, right, with this environmental religious cult that you guys have. Because with all the climate change, what's the point? And not to mention the fact that your sexuality prevents it in some cases. Um, so conservatives are the ones who are having all the kids. And the conservatives are the only ones these days who are having big families. They're the only ones. You, you've been told by the government... You've been told by culture and society that you're only supposed to have, you know, that American dream of 2.4 kids. I don't know how you have a 0.4 kid, but apparently that's what you're supposed to have, 2.4 kids. And you've believed this population control bull nonsense, and you've, you've kept it all. No, conservatives are still having big families because conservatives believe in grassroots. We believe in organic growth. We believe in starting from the bottom and building up. Train a child in the way they should go, and when they are older, they will not depart from it. Learn on the father's knee. We believe in that, in, in education, in discipline. We believe in teaching values. We believe in all these things, right? And, and we're doing that. That's the goal. That's what we're doing. And we're doing a good job of it until we send them off to public school and college. And then they go out there and all that stuff in many ways just gets eradicated. That's why I encourage you, those of you who truly want to plant the foundation of conservatism and those values in the minds of your child and make them passionate about it. I want you to think long and hard before you start sending them to these public indoctrination centers you're calling public school and start sending them off to college. Yes, my kids. And listen, we homeschool our kids. Um, my kids have had some public education. They have. But we were very selective in how that happened. And then I've got kids that do college right at this stage in the game all five of my kids have been to college or involved in college courses but they're doing it strategically that is focused on their degree requirements in terms of what they actually want to do and are going to do as a profession and they have an idea of that because as parents we put that sense of identity in them and gave them a value system and they're not and i'm not worried about the woke mob coming in there and, and changing their values because if I was worried about that, I assure you that these academic bubbles where these, you know, pinheaded professors have pushed papers around in their tenured careers and never tested their weird ideologies in the real world. 
I would not subject my children's minds to that. So I'm just saying, be careful. Be careful what you do. And, uh, but we're the ones having the kids, so don't tell us we don't care about kids. Don't tell us we don't care about kids. We're not the ones out there exploiting the kids. Now, the White House did it. We alluded to it yesterday. The White House did it. Matthew McConaughey lied. He lied. He pounded the desk, got all, you know, passionate, drummed up some tears about the shooting in his hometown of Uvalde, Texas. And God bless, God bless the town of Uvalde, Texas. We've worked as hard as we can to try to support. And, and, and I mean, I've been involved in concerts. I've been involved in fundraisers. My friends have been, we, we've, been we've thrown these events to raise money. Uh, my friend Kevin Fowler, Texas musician, just the other day, threw an event. They raised $138,000 for the families of Uvalde. So don't, don't tell me we're not involved. We are. But there's Matthew McConaughey. What does the White House do? They play that ploy. They bring a celebrity who's from Uvalde. I don't know. I don't even know the last time Matt McConaughey was in Uvalde, Texas. I have no idea. The guy's been out there getting indoctrinated in Hollywood, spends his time down in Austin now, hanging out with the University of Texas football team. I don't know. I know the guy stinks. He doesn't take a shower. He doesn't wear deodorant. He just looks greasy. But that's beside the point. They trot him out there, put him on, put him on camera, puts his glasses on so he can look like an intellectual, so he can try to look you know, smart. And he comes out there and he throws his little all right, all right, all right stuff out there. And everybody's endeared to that. Starts pounding the desk, points to his wife, Camilla, and says she's got the green shoes, the little Converse Chuck shoes, I think they were. Got the heart drawn on them. Says this belonged to the little girl who was murdered in Uvalde. Well, that, that, they were not the little girl's shoes. They were not the little girl's shoes. One, we, we showed you pictures yesterday of, of his wife wearing the shoes. There she is. She's wearing the shoes. And besides, they wouldn't have the shoes off of a murdered child because that is evidence from a crime scene. So there she is. So they lied to you. But again, the government's going to lie to you about everything. So you're going to tell us the big lie that says, well, conservatives don't care about children. That's a lie. You're going to tell us that we don't do anything for children that were, quote, uh, a product of an unwanted pregnancy. That's a lie. Because I guarantee you we are. and We can prove it left and right. And I promise you, you're barking up the wrong tree. Were you, were you talking to me about it? Or you're talking to Chris Cruz about it? A guy who is active in the adoption process and fostering process. So you're wasting your time on all of this stuff. But that's the lie. You're okay with peddling lies, and I'm sick of that. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. If you're a big government guy and you're trying to push an agenda, push a narrative, I don't care. You're telling lies. If you're pushing lies in order to get your point across, uh -uh. uh-uh. I don't stand for that kind of stuff. I don't stand for that kind of stuff. Now, there have been numerous times where I've said something, reported something, commented on something, I didn't have all the information, but I shared what I knew at the time. And if I could, I went back and corrected it if, some, if more information came out. But I'm not up here lying to you. I'm not up here telling you things that, that I believe to be untrue as though they are, as though they are true. I'm not going to do that kind of stuff because I respect you. But the government doesn't respect you. Big Brother doesn't respect you. The narrative doesn't respect you. The agenda is willing to absorb you, your family, your children, everybody. Use them as cannon fodder in order to push their plan even further. They don't care about you. They want to talk about passing more gun laws. We've talked about this ad nauseum. I mean, I'm done trying to use logic to deal with the liberal mind. There's something mental. It's off. You know, we had Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse just put a, a video on Instagram and Twitter. He went over to Texas Gun Experience over there. Uh, y'all know Joseph and Jared Stanier. Uh, Joseph, of course, is married to Hot News Natalie. And he's got, they got the mini Gatling gun. He fires off some rounds. And, of course, they start doing news articles yesterday about it. 
saying that, you know, ominous video, threatening video is what the headline said from Kyle Rittenhouse firing an automatic weapon. What's threatening about it? He's in a safe environment with a safety instructor using, a, you know, at, at a range, using his God-given rights as a kid who was found not guilty of crime, doing what, you know what? Yesterday I went up to the range. You know what I did? I shot guns. That's right. And you know what? I, you know, I, I want you to stay tuned because what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some video out because we, we filmed it. And, you know, they, they came out and they said AR-15s, a round from an AR-15 would liquefy internal organs. That's what NPR said. None. What? None. I'm going to show you the results. Now, I'm not saying it's not a lethal round. It's a lethal round. But again, they're trying to put they're trying to put your science fiction in your mind. And, and when I watch these legislators and lawmakers try to explain <laughs> guns to the public, it's amazing how ignorant they are. How can you pass legislation or even enact common sense gun laws when you don't know what guns are all about? Look, I, I put it this way. I put it this way. I was thinking about this yesterday. I know a good bit about horses. I know a lot about horses, actually. Um, I've been around a lot of horses in my life, right? But I know there are people out there who are horse experts. I don't get around those people and start trying to sound smart. Because you know what? I'm going to look like a fool. I'm going to look like a moron. And, and, and the equine community, which I'm very familiar with, they're going to look at you real quick and say, you don't know shit about what you're talking about. You know enough to be dangerous. These people, they, they don't even know enough to be dangerous. I mean, how many news articles have come out and they're talking about Uvalde and, and, and that people are responding, news organizations responding, saying, we can't have automatic weapons. Yeah. Automatic weapons? You don't, nobody's firing an automatic weapon. I mean, you can get an automatic weapon if you're willing to spend, you know, what, fifteen, sixteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to get the stamps that are needed, the federal approval, which again, I think, personally, I think it's an infringement of the Second Amendment to have all of that. I think it's a BS deal. It's a money grab on the part of the federal government. Because, again, I don't care if I've, got, if, I've got a, if I've got a selector switch that has safety, semi-auto, and auto, it doesn't matter where that setting is because without me pulling the trigger, that gun's not going to hurt anybody. But they want you to believe that. They want you to believe that. They want you to believe that. Why did the government just bury the Las Vegas shooting? Why, 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 wasn't that, why wasn't there a huge outcry? I know the gun nuts came out there and did all that stuff. But why no? Why no why we, did, we never got any answers, did we? We never got any answers. Because, again, it didn't fit the narrative and the agenda. And who knows? Maybe that whole thing was the agenda. We still don't know. We don't know. We don't know what was behind it. We don't know the motives. We don't know the motivation. I know that the government lies to you. I know the media lies to you. I've just proven it over. Hollywood lies to you. We saw Matt McConaughey just the other day. So what's the truth? Why don't they want to get the bottom of it? No, they want to talk about Uvalde. They want to talk about kids because that pulls at your heartstrings. And I'll tell you why they're telling the lies. Because it's an election cycle. Bottom line. And no, folks, AR in AR-15 doesn't stand for automatic rifle or assault rifle. It doesn't stand for assault rifle. <sighs> there was a guy the other day who sent in a video to a news organization, and they shared it. He was doing his part. He was tearing up. He was breaking apart his AR-15 and rendering it useless. And he was beating it with a hammer, big ball-peen hammer. And he was wearing sandals. And I said, BS. BS. This guy, 
He is not a shooter. He he is not an enthusiast. Uh, this is a setup. This is a ploy. This is another thing. And by the way, he was using an assault hammer. You People get killed with hammers. I don't know if you know this or not. Let me use your logic for you. Let me use your logic for you. So, oh, well, your founding fathers, you guys didn't have these, uh, these rifles in mind whenever they wrote the Second Amendment. Do you know, if you look it up, you can look it up. George Washington was born in 1732. He died in, oh, 1790, 1790-ish, 1790-something. Do you know that guns and their technology changed during George Washington's lifestyle, or during his lifetime? They, they changed. They got better. The technology got better. They invented new guns. That's right. During our, fa- our founding father's lifetime, gun technology advanced, and it's advanced in every generation. You know why? They weren't looking for a better way to kill squirrels. They were looking for a way to not only protect, defeat themselves, but to protect themselves. So it's always happened. It's always been that way, and it will always continue to be that way. So don't, so don't pull the founding fathers into this thing. They knew exactly what they were doing. You think our founding fathers created this thing that is nothing almost short of inspired by God in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, these incredible documents, and they didn't have the foresight to see what those, <laughs> what those firearms were supposed to be used for? But the potential behind it, why they put the Second Amendment in there, you don't think they were smart enough to realize that? And unless you guys are, are sending me these hate messages writing with a feathered quill, then I don't want to hear about, well, our founding fathers. Our founding fathers didn't foresee Facebook or the Internet either. They didn't foresee computers. They didn't foresee email. But you're communicating with them right now, right? Now, what if I said, you know what? We don't need these cars that we have today, these big trucks, these big fast vehicles that you can plow into a crowd of people and kill and murder and and maim and cripple. No, we need to all go back to the Model T. We need to all go back to the Model T. It goes about 12 miles an hour. You ain't going to hurt nobody with a Model T. So let's make sure that we take anything that can be used as a weapon and bring it all the way back to its original model. And then we're going to say, you know what, everybody in America... We're going to stop drunk driving deaths right now. We're going to have sensible automobile control. It's going to be smart. We're taking it all back to the Model T. You see where I'm going with this, right? You see where I'm going? Because it's the same damn logic they use towards guns. It's ridiculous. It's bad logic. And there's not a law you can pass that's going to make a single bit of difference. You can ban every gun. People still find a way to hurt each other. You've heard me talk about them before prior to them becoming a sponsor. I love them. Trucker Treats. Let me grab a bag. They are the nation's best seasoned gourmet pretzel company, and I love pretzels. They're 100% made in America. Seasonings, ingredients, even the packaging, the bags. Zach is a trucker. He started Trucker Treats as a family business, customer-centered, providing personalized service, the highest quality products. They've developed mouth-watering flavors to choose from. Original Cool Ranch, Hot Cajun, Cinnamon Toast, Dill Pickle, Bacon Cheeseburger, Candy Cane. And for the first time, I'm going to introduce you to a new flavor they're working on, Deli Mustard. Mmm. And if you want to unlock a new way of eating pretzels, I'm going to suggest you eat a dill pickle bacon cheeseburger and deli mustard pretzel all at the same time. Boom! New flavor unlocked just for you. And if you don't like that, then I'm sure there's other combinations for you that you will love. And more new unique flavors are on the horizon. So support our truckers because with every purchase, it goes to help these guys that are driving across the roads in America. Truckertreats.net. Truckertreats.net. You're going to get 40% off with promo code CHAD. I spell it Chad. Great Father's Day gift. Great snack for summer long trips. Truckertreats.net.
Promo code CHAD. Right back. Hey, guys, welcome back. I got a message the other day. It was a text message from a friend, Larry Alex Taunton. You've met Larry. He's been on the show a few times. Incredible author, just just a good dude uh, and a funny guy and a thinker. And I, I love Larry. He, When Larry sends me a message, I pay attention to it. And he said he uh, sent me an article from The Federalist. It was an op-ed piece. And he said uh, this is about a guy by the name of Tom Askell. And uh, he said Tom's a good friend. He's a pastor. He's a staunch Bible-believing conservative. Tom's been nominated as president of the Southern um, Baptist Convention. Got a real shot at winning this thing, given that he's uh, you know picking up nice endorsements. But he's facing the woke mob. That's the way it always goes. And you wouldn't think that it's happening in places like the Southern Baptist Convention, but it is. Um, and uh, he said, would, would love to get you on the show, get him on the show. And I said, absolutely. So welcome to the show, Tom Askell. Tom, how are you doing, man? Doing great, Chad. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored to be here with you. Well, it's a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. Uh, and we, we, you know, we always say we were Southern Baptists that kind of ripped their britches. We always said they were... Uh, we, we were more uh, too charismatic to truly be Southern Baptist, and, and we were, uh, you know, too uh, too Baptist to be charismatic. So we just say we were sort of Baptist. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Well, sometimes Southern Baptists are more Southern than Baptists. That's not, <laughs> it's not, not all good either. It's not. Tell me this. I want to know from your perspective, what state is the Southern Baptist Convention in right now? Oh, boy. You know, we're probably at DEFCON 2, mm. I would say. Uh, we, yeah, we got some real problems. I mean, the, the SBC does a lot of good. I mean, it's massive. It's 47,000 independent autonomous churches that voluntarily cooperate together. And so anytime you got that many people, 14 million of us, that many churches, you're going to have problems. But But God's enabled us to do a lot of good over the years. But we've had this woke stuff come in, you know, these ideologies from the culture come in. Uh, we've had some leadership that has not uh, done what they should have done, some failed leadership. And so we're kind of coming to a reckoning. And I feel like we're at a crossroads. We're either going to decide to honor Jesus Christ as Lord and take the Bible seriously, or we're going to try to keep marching to the, the beat of the cultural drummer, uh, which will take us a long way off the right path. Yeah, and you know, historically speaking, I know that, that those, uh, the, and again, we throw around these terms that we tend to apply to the political realm, but but when we're talking about the biblical inerrancy and and uh, churches that are truly have a biblical worldview, you know, we talk about conservatives versus liberals, you know, liberals that don't believe in the in- inerrancy of scripture, and, and you know, that was generations ago. That was the that was the big fight, right? Was the the liberals versus the conservatives in the Southern Baptist Convention? But now we got a whole new battle, right? Because you have, as you said, the woke mob. You know, now we're dealing with gender confusion. We're de- dealing with identity issues. We're dealing with sexuality and preferences and genders. Uh, all of these these things in under the name of inclusivity and acceptance. And they say, well, see, the church needs to open up and be more accepting and don't judge and things like that. But what road has that taken us down? What are the consequences? Oh, man, we, we're about to uh, lose the very distinctives for which Christ called us and set us apart in the world. I mean, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that reconciles men and women and children to God. We have to have a Savior. Jesus is that Savior. But these ideologies like critical race theory and intersectionality, they basically say, look, there's one group of people that don't need to repent because they've always been oppressed. And there's another group of people that can never repent enough because all they do is re- oppress. 
And as a result, you lose the gospel. You lose the good news. If you tell somebody that he's a perpetual victim and uh, that's that's all he'll ever be, well, there's no hope for a guy like that. But if you tell somebody, hey, you're a sinner too, but there's a savior for sinners, then you offer them real hope. So my concern is that we lose our central message, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we are not if we're if we're not willing to stand up and just resist all these cultural influences that have come in like a flood over the last eight to 10 years. And we're seeing it happen as some of these monumental bulwark battleship churches that have historically been a centerpiece of focus of leadership for the Southern Baptist Convention. It's not it's not just these radical fringe churches out there. These are some of the major institutions that we're seeing that are going in this direction. You've decided to step in. They nominated you for president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Are you excited about that? Are you going in with fear and trepidation? How do you feel with this? Well, I just believe it's God's providence, you know, and because I believe in a big God, uh, I'm confident in that. I've been reluctant. People have asked me for years to consider it. I'm a full-time pastor. You know, I got plenty of things to do. I love the (laughs) church. I serve here in South Florida, and um, I wasn't looking for anything else to do, but these guys came to me that I love and respect, and they said, Tom, you've been talking about these things. You've been writing about these things for years. Why won't you step up and let us nominate you? And so the leadership of the church finally said yes. They thought it would be uh, worthwhile for me to try. My wife said yes. So I just took that as God's providence. And if God puts me in that position, I want to try to do uh, what's good and helpful for the convention because the SBC is massive. I've already told you the numbers, Mm -hmm. but we have six seminaries. We educate one-third of all evangelical seminary students in North America. We have the largest missionary sending agency in the world. So it's not just the SBC that gets affected by everything that we deal with, but the rest of the evangelical world, Protestant world in North America, and indeed beyond America, because we export our Christianity. So because of all of that, if I can be helpful, uh, if I can call us back to a fear of God, which mm. I really think is fundamental, and that I think that's where most of our problems lie, is we've lost that. And if I can return us to the, or help us return to the, the submission to the authority of God's Word, we have a book. In fact, we have a, a web Website now called that we have a book.com where people can get more information then you know I, i'm i'm happy to do it i'm happy to endure the challenges that go with this uh for that purpose because it really does matter yeah and on our show recently we were sharing a poll that talked about the percentage of churches in america that are considered bible believing have a biblical worldview and it said only 48 percent of american churches ha- possess a biblical worldview it said that that you know black churches and even the catholic church were down in the single digits nine and eight percent of those churches had a true biblical worldview the battle is very real if your conviction is that christ is lord and certainly we believe that, that there is a kingdom and it belongs to God and he wants to establish that in the earth. And look, we, we have our different different expressions of worship. Of course, the Southern Baptist Convention has its denominational, you know, expression, its its own, you know, it decrees and, and their, their proclamations of faith. And, and those are historical and big things to tie to. We don't, you know, a lot of people out there, I think they just want to say, let's just throw these big organizations out. Because if it's big, it's got to be bad, right? And, and we all kind of tend towards that. Is there salvation for the Southern Baptist Convention? Look, there's hope. People ask me that all the time, Tom. They say, Tom, you're on a fool's errand. You know, do you, <laughs> this is too far gone. But you know, we have a God who raises people from the dead. So why in the world should we ever give up and get, get despondent and say, oh, well, this is too big. It can't happen. It can happen. Will it happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I know this, God can do it. And I know that if 
if our church is going to be a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, then we want to fight to make it better. We're not just going to be passive and let things go. And God has positioned things in his providence to give me this opportunity. And I want to seize it. If it's his will for me to be president, then I want to do the best I can. And if it's not his will, if I go to Anaheim next week in uh, California and they don't elect me president, well, I'll accept that too. I've got plenty to do, but I want to be a good steward of this moment. Yeah. Now, I got 15 grandkids, Chad. Chad, and I, I look them in the eye, you know, and I think, man, what's it going to be like for them in 10 or 20 years? And, uh, you know, if this woke stuff keeps just coming in and overwhelms yeah. everything in Western civilization, I at least want to leave them some markers yeah. so that they can say, you know what? Oh, Paps, he tried. He didn't just roll over. And if I can do that, then um, if that's all that it mounts up to, then I'll, I'll die happy. Well, I'm glad you're in this fight. I'm glad you're in this battle, and I know it's a big one. You're go, you, I mean, if you get if you get elected, you, you, you're going to be up against so much. I know you are. But I'll tell you what you said that stood out to me. Somebody said to me a long time ago, and I think it was wise advice. They said, usually uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit comes out of your wife's mouth, and you mm. said your wife approved. And so that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. It was stunning, quite honestly, you know, because yeah. we just— always laughed about it. In the past, I had a standard answer when somebody would say, hey, why don't you uh, let us nominate you to be president of the Southern Baptist Convention? I said, I'd rather be beaten with a bag of pennies. And, uh, you know, my wife always uh, amened that. But this time she said, you know what, I think this is a good idea. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who has a a men's ministry. And I said, you know, we got a problem where we we gut shoot our preachers and then we shoot them for not having any guts. And so I appreciate the guts (laughs) that you're showing, just the intestinal fortitude to do this. It's a hard job. How, how can uh, how can people support you, help you, pray for you? What's the best way? Well, man, pray that God will deliver me from the fear of the face of any man mm-hmm. and he will make me fear him and him alone. I mean, that's most important to me in my life personally and for everything I do. And you can go to a website called wehaveabook.com. Wehaveabook.com. And you can read there about uh, things I've written, things people are saying. And if if you're Southern Baptist, let me just plead with you. I know you only got a couple of days and it's expensive to get to California, but if you could go as a messenger from your church and vote to change the direction of the SBC, our polity allows for change, but the only way it happens is if people show up mm. and vote make that change. Or if you know Southern Baptists, just encourage them and encourage them to get there. We even had some churches that have donated money to help people that can't afford to go, because there's a lot of pastors that uh, simply can't afford that expense to get out there. They would like to go. And if you're in that situation, go to changethebook.org and uh, we'll help you. Changethebook.com, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And we'll help any way we can. Tom Askell, thank you for your time. Thank you for what you're doing. And for what it's worth, I think you're the man for the job. Well, thank you, Chad. I appreciate that. It means a lot. You bet. Take care, Tom. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about our friends. Listen, we, we know that we're in a tough economy right now. We know that it's only going to get worse. Uh, it's going to get bad. Um, if you're listening to the Glenn Beck program, you're probably digging holes and putting your money down in a mason jar in the ground. I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to not operate out of fear, okay? I know that uh, the S&P 500 is having the worst start to the year since World War II, and we're halfway through this year, so who knows how it's going to end. Now is a good time to diversify into gold. It's the most stable asset in the history of the world. Birch Gold, that's the company I trust. I want you to trust them. They will help you convert an IRA or a 401k into an IRA in gold and silver. That's right. Not only will Birch Gold help you fortify your savings with precious metals. They'll help you do it in a tax-sheltered account. So text CHAD 
I spell it Chad, to 989898. Get started. Amazon stock down 37% the first half of the year. Tesla down 40%. Cryptos have been slammed. Many fear the hawkish moves by the Fed could stall the economy. What's your plan? Text Chad to 989898. Get your free no-obligation info kit on gold from Birch Gold. They are the precious metal professionals. Text Chad to 989898. Secure your savings now. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's that time of the show where it's time to wax eloquent and just, oh, wow, just look at the craziness of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were, you know, the scheming type, you know, you're always looking for things that are out there and you wanted to hit the body politic in the center of mass in an effort to topple everything, not only completely, but permanently as well. What would be your ideal target? I ask because as has increasingly become the case, the groomers well, they're coming out of the woodwork, folks, and never has there been a more angular and diffuse proliferation of bad ideas than the American public school system. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Yes, I'm right. If you're going to shoot to kill, aim at society's heart, right? If it had a redeeming quality, it would be the overall honesty. Both of those who say we're not trying to groom your children and those who say we are trying to groom your children. But that's not a redeeming quality, folks, because it's nearly criminal ignorance on the one hand and pure evil on the other. Loudoun County, Virginia was appropriately named, you know, everything that comes out of that place these days is loud, Loudoun County. And joining in the cacophony the other day was, and I swear I'm not making this up, a middle school librarian who defended a book they have at the school on, wait for it, prostitution, because, and I quote, 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 kids might be sex workers. Now, when you hear that, does that make your blood boil a little bit? Let me, let me read you a line from the book. Here's what it says. Sex work is one of the oldest jobs in history, if not the oldest. Over time, sex work has shifted from something common and even celebrated to something highly stigmatized, end quote. When asked about the book, the librarian claimed that some of the kids who come to her library do sex work, and this, this book makes them feel validated. What the people? Loudoun County, think you might want to sit this bitch down in an interrogation room, inform her of her rights, and maybe ask a few clarifying questions. Here's another little example of what I'm talking about. It came out the other day at a high school in California, and they're giving this one out. Quote, gender expression kits. They're giving it to kids, which includes, among other things, breast-binding tape. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but breast-binding isn't good for you because it can cause injury. I'm reasonably fired up on this thing. The same damn morons who push this kind of crap will have the audacity to look at a practice like Chinese foot binding and rightly castigate it as an amoral and harmful practice while they're encouraging young girls to do essentially the same thing because they happen to be confused about their gender, so to speak. And make no mistake, the odds on favorite for who made them confused about their gender is the same group of people who's trying to solve it by throwing the men and women of society into a giant blender. And what comes out at the end isn't a genderless, happy society, folks. What comes out is blended up blood and gore. That is the historical recompense. That is the teary-eyed, wailing wake of leftism down throughout time. And yes, I know that second example comes from California. And on the day that California sinks into the ocean, the world will get ever so less toxic. 
But let's be real about this for a minute. How many kids were and are being born into places like California? They have no say in the matter. They have no control over where the roll of the dice places them. I've long contended that people can rise from the ashes of the circumstances into which they were born. But why keep on creating bad circumstances? It's the old song and dance. Leftism seeks the never-ending shift of the dominant paradigm. They want to subvert it. Things must always be progressing towards that utopia that deep down they know isn't really even there. Folks, get your kids out of public schools. But do more than that. Pray for our country. Pray. Participate in the elections. Do everything you can to help heal her wounds wounds before they become septic. These are just a couple of examples, but remember that more crop up every single day. And if we don't fight to wrest control of the future away from these people, folks, no one will. (sighs) And they're lying to you. I mean, they're just going to keep lying to you. Go back to the middle. You know, again, they say the conservatives don't care about kids. Well, I, I you know, I, I caught a lot of heat when I said, if you if you keep your kids in public schools, it's child abuse. I caught a lot of heat for that. I still believe it. If you don't believe it, then that's proof that maybe you don't care about your kids. Now, I know I know what you're going to say. That's harsh because I, I can't afford to blah. I can't afford. I can't, I can't afford. Again, you got to fight back against this culture because they created a culture where mom has to go to work, too. You know why they want you know why they want to push this thing so hard to make sure that women have equality in the workplace and all that? You know why? Because if mom and dad have to go to work, guess what? The federal government's going to get more tax money from your family. They're encouraging both parents to work outside of the home and let the state raise your kid. Are you even listening to what I'm saying? Listen to what you're saying. If they can get mom and dad away from the home, they basically have you sending your wages to continue funding the federal government, meanwhile sacrificing your children to the ways and the whims of their public indoctrination centers that are going to do shit like this. Teach your kids about sex work and prostitution? They're going to teach your kids about gender identity. They're going to give them transition closets so they can come in there and put on whatever clothing makes them feel comfortable that day. I'm sure you girls out there who had a little time as a tomboy are glad that your mom and dad didn't encourage you to get your titties cut off. But that's what's happening. And you know what? If kids are expressing certain things that are confusing these identity issues, the groomers out there are actually encouraging them to go even further with it. And actually, and, and actually rubbing the icing on the cake saying, this is okay. They don't care about the outcome of this thing. These things are irreversible, folks. You don't need to drive. Look, look I, you know, we have this certain lifestyle we want to keep up in America. I know. But look, all that's going to change. They're starving us. We can't feed our babies. You can't get gas for your car. They want you to buy their electric remedy. They want to turn everything green energy, and they've got to make sure that you feel guilt over this climate science bull, right? They're going to make it so that you have no quality of life. They want to make sure that your dollar bills in your pocket are worth nothing. Here we go, folks. Here we go. You're going to own nothing and be happy. That is the World Economic Forum. That's what they're trying to do. So you might as well right now learn how to plant a garden, learn how to live on less means, learn how to get away from the needs that culture is trying to put on you and those pressures and raise your kids right. Teach them, train them. Because look, folks, we're at a pivotal time in history. If we don't make a change right now, we're in trouble. Because you give this, you give this another generation, it's done. 
I mean, 246 years, however long we had. It was a good run for America. It was a good run. We, we tried. We did a good job. But you know, the greatest of us, the greatest generation, they're dying off. Now they're gone. They're gone. And the baby boomers came along and created these latchkey kids. And we didn't raise our kids. You know what we did? We replaced parenting with things. Let's give them another video game. Let's give them a car to drive. Let's give them a screen to look at. Those screens are destroying the minds of our children. It's up to you, folks. It's up to you. Uh, One of the preparation things I want you to do is uh, check out my friends over at My Patriot Supply. Um, My Patriot Supply, you can get it right now. Uh, Go to preparewithchad.com. Everything I'm describing to you is part of the problem. And they're starving us, and it's going to get worse. There will be millions of people who will die in the next couple of years worldwide because of starvation. It may not happen here in America that way, but it's going to happen globally because that's what they're working working towards. Preparewithchad.com. I'm going to give you a special deal. Save you $150 on a three-month emergency food kit from my friends at My Patriot Supply. The food kit contains a wide variety of great meals. They're delicious. They'll last you three solid months per person. Plus, the meals provide more than 2,000 calories a day. It's going to be what you need to have strength and energy. The kit is something every American family is going to wish they had. Go to preparewithchad.com. Claim the 150. Uh, It's a great savings. It's going to ship fast. It's going to ship free. It's going to arrive discreetly in unmarked boxes for privacy. Preparewithchad.com. We'll be right back. I don't, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if y'all were able to see yesterday. They kind of slipped something in. Um, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and uh, uh, they, they put a bulletin out. And our good friend, oh, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, he issued a National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin said in the coming months, DHS expects the threat environment to become more dynamic as several high-profile events could be exploited to justify acts of violence against a range of possible targets. These targets could include public gatherings, faith-based institutions, schools, racial, ethnic, and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, U.S. critical infrastructure, and media and perceived ideological opponents. Now, hopefully your mind is, is clicking there. And you're, you're thinking critically, and you're seeing what they're doing right there. Got to keep drumming up the fear. Got to keep drumming up the fear. Got to keep drumming up the fear. And what they're doing is they're building the case already so that if any of these kind of things happen where harm is caused, particularly by a gun, at one of these big gathering events, that what you know who it's going to be. You're a terrorist. You and your kind that defend the Second Amendment and believe in uh, your right to bear arms and believe that that right shall not be infringed, um, you're going to be the terrorist. They're, they're building the case, folks. And uh, can I just say, and I know those of you who listen to this show, watch this show, y'all are pretty well-versed on, on what a well-regulated, everybody comes back to well-regulated militia, this well-regulated militia. It means it's in working order. People know what they're doing with the, with the gun. That's what that means. Know how to disassemble it, know how to clean it, know how to put it back together, know how to utilize it, fire it, take care of it, maintain it. I'm well-regulated. I'm trained in it. 
That's that's what it is. If there was ever a situation that arose whereby we needed to come together and put a militia in place, those people would know when they take that gun out of their safe or closet what to do with it because it's well-regulated. They're well-regulated. This doesn't mean you're a part of the army, folks. You understand that when they pushed the redcoats back during the Revolutionary War, these were people that were wearing squirrel skin on their head as a cap. They weren't members of the army. I mean, we, we were talking about, what, 3% of the, of the colonial population fought back against the world's superpower. These were people who the day before were out there just feeding their families and farming. And now they're fighting back against the British. Our founding fathers didn't want that to happen again, folks. There's a reason why there's never been a land invasion on the U.S. soil. There's a reason why. And you know what? Stupid George Takei from Star Trek, this dumbass, in trying to make a point on Twitter two days ago, yesterday, whenever it was, in saying, why don't we take the guns from American citizens and give them to Ukrainian citizens? I'm paraphrasing. But that was his tweet. Um, well, because we don't want... I mean, you understand, let's say the cartels, who are well-armed and well-trained and, and very <laughs> good at what they do, let's say we just started giving up all of our guns and uh, the cartels just decided to say, we're coming on in. I mean, they're already here. They're already here. But now they know that you're unarmed. So, you know, what? we're going to take your house. We'll take your car. We'll take your wife. Take your kids. You can't fight back. Can't fight back. Now, whether it's the cartels or it's a foreign government or it's some kind of, you know, tyranny that tries to show. See, see, we don't want that to happen here in America. We don't know. We don't want school shootings. We don't want those things to happen. Of course we don't. And we're, we're giving you solutions on how to harden those public places so that those things don't happen with a, with a frequency. And, and there's a pushback against it to know that there's a consequence if you come and try to do harm to innocent American civilians. Right. So. They're not interested in that. No, they want to put out, the Department of Homeland Security wants to put out another terrorist alert, a terrorist bulletin that says there may be things happening at public events. And therefore, those of you who are defending people with firearms and defending your right to bear arms, well, you must align yourself with these so-called terrorists. And don't think they won't do that, folks. You remember Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, already said that you parents are domestic terrorists. So they're not above labeling you insurrectionists that happen to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. They're all about the labels, folks. If they can label you, they can penalize you. Whew, I wish we could have gotten into a TikTok, but I had things to say. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Speaking of public events, <laughs> i got a few of them coming up. We're going to be in uh, Oklahoma, Henrietta, Oklahoma. To, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be up there with uh, Blake Shelton and a bunch of other guys. We're uh, doing Highway to Henrietta, which is a great fundraiser for the city of Henrietta for our buddy Troy Aikman. And uh, going to be up there this weekend and going to be playing some music and having some fun. Then I want you to get your tickets. Go to watchchad.com and come see us in Shawnee, Oklahoma on the 17th of June. And uh, I just yesterday just booked Greensboro, North Carolina, and I'm going to go back to Port Charlotte. 
uh, Florida. So we're going to be back there at the Vasani again. So check it out as we put them up. Watchchad.com. We got Goliad, Texas. We got uh, San Angelo, Texas. We got Fort Smith, Arkansas in a few weeks. Tons of places. The calendar is starting to fill up, and we're looking forward to being out there with you. Do not forget blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad and save and get the overtime. People ask all the time, look, you go to the Chad Prather Show link, click it, and you'll see overtime within that box. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Love you. God bless you. Talk to you then. Bye. 